HotVac summer is here. What new investment sectors will rise? Is Tiger Global taking over venture capital? How much salary should your CEO actually make? And what superpower should your investor have to help grow your business? Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalist jumping in the Thunderdome. Peter Pham, co-founder, Science. Co-builds early stage companies with a $76 million fund. Notable investments include Dollar Shave Club, Ring, and Liquid Death. Nahal Mehta, general partner, ENIAC Ventures. Known for getting seed stage companies to Series A faster than any other VC. Just raised their fifth fund, totaling $125 million. Erica Dynan Minahan, Rain Ventures, a $25 million fund focused on investing in women and minority-led businesses. Also, founder of 1,000 Angels. Andon Brooks, founding partner, Overlooked Ventures, raising a $50 million fund to invest in early-stage underrepresented founders. Also, the founder at Indentrify. Four investors bringing the summer heat. There's a storm coming. This one is electric. Let's go. Hot Sectors, powered by M1 Finance. As we head into a hot vac summer and American consumers are finally getting out of their house, what sectors are most exciting for investors to focus on and why? Peter, first on the dance floor, please kick us off and get this party started. Hot sectors. Well, we're still investing in consumer brands. I think it's, uh, as you can see, more and more things like Liquid Death continue to emerge and you know, we're the fastest growing beverage of all time. And right now there's an opportunity for new brands to come. Socials, everything. TikTok, if you saw what Adrian's kickback, 6,000 kids showing up in Huntington Beach. Imagine what two years is going to bring us in terms of reach and every single person being influenced by somebody else there's gonna be new brands emerging everywhere. Yeah, you're gonna need that liquid death, a hot summer. Uh, consumer goods is that what you're picking over there. Nahal, what do you got for a hot sector? Most exciting. You know, about? it's interesting. I think during COVID, what we realized was, you know, folks were forced to do things, change their behavior, uh, to do things that are now just starting to rip. And this is nothing new, but e-commerce, uh, you know, it's been around for a few decades and, uh, you know, it's still only 20% of all retail sales. And I think all the folks that had to create their e-commerce accounts and remove that friction and the barrier to entry that weren't using it before are now flying on it. And so we're looking at e-commerce enablement at a high level, Shopify, picks and shovels, analytics, attribution. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's still first innings of, uh, of e-commerce. Yeah, absolutely. Been said 10 years worth of sales were condensed into 13 months from the pandemic. So definitely a hot sector there. We're going to go over to Erica. What hot sector are you most excited yeah, about? Yeah, well, we are consumer tech and software investors. So we're going all in on consumer tech this year and for the next decade. We think more and more people are going to be buying things online. We think it's going to be the place where folks want to do their shopping, where they want to be reached with brands that are designed for them. Uh, we've actually got two amazing companies in the sector that are already in the portfolio. 
uh, Dormify and Monica and Andy. They're creating, creating amazing products built by women for women. Beautiful. Consumer tech it is. Brandon, what do you got as a hot sector you're most excited yeah, for? Yeah, I love the live entertainment industry right now. There's an app out there called FanSub, which is pairing people that are going to live concerts with the virtual events. I think throughout this pandemic, we found out that a lot of people want to be involved involved in concerts at uh, at home. And so this has given a great way for them to feel like they're involved. And I'm really big on the um, live entertainment industry, which is projected to be a $407 billion industry by 2027. Yep, Rock Nation making big moves with that. Nahal's shaking his head. I will say first quarter of 2021 sectors with the most venture funding, the inter uh, internet industry with $26 billion, healthcare with $12 billion, and mobile telecom, uh, coming in third with $11 billion. But anything else we hear we missed? In the hall, I see you shaking your head. Yeah, I mean, I think travel as well, right? I mean, if you look at Airbnb's IPO, um, uh, you know, most, uh, you know, most stocks uh, that have gone public during this time period, you know, have not maintained or grown. And Airbnb's up. I mean, it's still holding strong at 90 plus billion market cap. Um, we're lucky to be an early shareholder. And I think that demand is gonna be, continue to, to be very, very strong. Let's not forget crypto. Um, you know, this it's going to happen. It's happening now. Institutional capital is moving in. More and more uh, discussions, whether or not it's governments, Bitcoin platforms, NFTs. Uh, we're still in the early innings of it. Over the next couple of years, you're going to see massive growth. What's a future unicorn within your portfolio that's going to be the company everyone's talking about in the next few years and why? Erica, what's a company within uh, Rain Ventures that uh, everybody's going to be talking about future unicorns? Well, we're really bullish on fintech and the democratization of investing. So Solo Funds is our first portfolio company that we know is going to be a future unicorn. Did you know that each year the big banks earn over $10, million, $10 billion in revenue from making emergency loans to folks that you probably know? Solo Funds actually lets you go in and make those loans and make the money off of lending your money just for 30 days or less to people who really need it in an emergency. So I hope everybody who has either an emergency capital need or a few extra dollars they'd like to invest at a great return, checks it out. Okay, great return it is. Brandon, what's an under the radar unicorn that you're seeing? Yeah, so one of the under the radar unicorns we're seeing, I'm gonna go back to Fansub, ran by Brandon King, um, who's a phenomenal founder and he's also a former NFL player. So he comes from this kind of entertainment world. And I just think he's the right founder to knock this out of the park. And again, that $407 billion industry projection is major. So I'm big on fan sub coming up. Solid, large industry there. Peter, uh, over at Science, what are you seeing? Uh, unicorn coming uh, up. One we've worked for a while, uh, Pray.com. Turns out there's still billions and billions of people who are religious. And you know we have Facebook for your friends and Instagram for everybody that lives better than you. Uh, you got Nextdoor for your neighbors, you got Snapchat for your texting friends, you got TikTok, you have LinkedIn, you have nothing for religion. And uh, it's been something we've worked on and it's growing globally. All the content, think of it as calm headspace for religion with a community. $240 billion a year are being donated to churches. 200 of it still checks. So how much of it is going to go digital? I think you get Kanye West in there, you know, he's going to get that mega arena and pray.com, Kanye West, good good partnership there. Naho, uh, EDIAC Ventures, portfolio company. Unicorn. You know, uh, like Erica, we like fintech. Uh, we have one B2B SaaS fintech company in New York called Alloy, alloy.com. 
that's essentially the operating system for new and old fintech. So it's powering through an API, know your customer, anti-money laundering, uh, and the company's just been ripping. Uh, past few years, we cracked top 50 banks and all the neo banks as well. Uh, the team is uh, epic. Uh, three co-founders that started a company before that that failed, and um, and very bullish that this company. Uh, we we call them Sunicorns, by the way. An upcoming unicorn now has a name. Uh, what is that again? A Sunicorn. Unicorn. So, so it will very soon be a unicorn. Sunicorn, it is. Get an extra point for the uh, the drop in the verbiage. You like that sunicorn? Uh, anything else we're missing, Brandon? I saw you shaking your head. Uh, are we agreeing on everything here? We got a lot of sunicorns. Agree, and I just don't know if uh, sunicorn's going to be in my vocabulary anytime that's soon. Not going to be in my. Yeah, try, stop trying to make sunicorn happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I don't. It's not. Just kidding. Tiger Global is the new unicorn hunter. Already invested in 118 companies in 2021, it employs a different strategy than traditional venture capital firms. Instead of a hands-on approach with founders, it pays for access to consulting groups like Bain. How does a firm like Tiger Global impact venture capital? And do you believe this hands-off approach can work? Nahal, give us yeah, a prediction. Yeah, I, I think so. We've worked with Tiger on a few deals before and after Lee Fixel. So Lee and John Curtius, at Tiger, Lee started Addition Capital, similar strategy. Uh, John is at Tiger, you know, has led a few of our companies. Um, listen, they, they're diligent, they do their work. Uh, in 48 hours, they basically run like a proctology exam with the founder, run the data through the machine. And, uh, you know, they're very deliberate, it's very binary. Like they have a formula. Um, this is all, by the way, uh, predicated by SoftBank from back in the day these massive funds that had to build and build more and be more and more competitive. But uh, I think Tiger's smart. You know, they've been writing a term sheet every 48 hours and uh, so far so good. Tiger, of course, the part hedge fund, part investor. Peter, what are your thoughts on Tiger's impact on VC and uh, this hands-off approach? Well, look, someone's got to replace SoftBank and write those big checks. Uh, I think that with SPACs coming in, Tiger coming in, it just gives additional ways for companies to raise capital and, and you know, you got to respect their track record. I think they're going to keep doing well. Matsuyoshi-san, that's my guy. Uh, over at Brandon, uh, you got a crystal ball over here. Uh, this, you know, thought of Tiger, Tiger's impact on VC. I don't see much of an impact, if I'm being honest. I think it's going to work for the traditional VC model. At Overlooked VC, we're not trying to follow the traditional VC model. We're looking to help those underrepresented founders, underestimated founders, and overlooked founders. And honestly, I don't think that they're going to be there for Tiger, Tiger Global. So I don't see much of an impact on it. Absolutely. Tiger is more in that growth stage. Uh, estimated worth $65 billion. Assets under management. Brandon, that was a good take over there. Erica, over yeah, to you. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting to have innovation and competition at the late growth stage where, you know, big money is being thrown around. I'm an early stage VC, you know, like Brandon, I don't think it's going to change my life a whole lot in terms of competition for deals, but it's an interesting model to look at. And having more capital at the later stage to fund our companies when they get there, as well as health, is a great and Tiger Global also co-led the most investments in 2021 with $10 billion, SoftBank at two with $8 billion, and Co2 uh, around $7 billion. So things are starting to change there. As more venture capitalists compete for new deals, 
What's your superpower? And what's the most important value add you and your team are able to provide an early stage founder? Brandon, what's your superpower? Yeah, honestly, my superpower is my teammate and co-founder, Janine Sickmeyer. We're uh, both just very passionate about what we do and we both have the experience to make it happen. So uh, we just work very well together and we like to get in the trenches with founders. That's our biggest value add. And very hands-on approach, I see that, and uh, a solid team as well. Erica, you got a superpower that you want to share and what uh, value add you're giving to your family? Yeah, my unusual superpower is I've definitely spent more than 10,000 hours listening to uh, startup pitches. So within 30 minutes, I can usually help you figure out the right way to pitch your company so that it's attractive to investors. And my backup superpower, which I hate to let people know about, but I love doing Excel models. Backup superpowers are great too. So you're getting an extra point for the backup superpower. Nahal, uh, you have a superpower. Please share it with it. Is it the uh, value add to the founders? Yeah, I mean, they call me the human Rolodex. Most of, most of the founders don't even know what a Rolodex is these days. But, um, you know, I think it just comes from building companies. First decade, you know, of our careers, we're building startups. Myself and, and my partners at ENIAC built uh, 10 venture-backed startups. Uh, a bunch of them failed in, uh, in, in, you know, in, in huge, huge glory. Um, but, you know, we built a lot of relationships to connect now founders to pretty much anybody they want to get to. The human Rolodex, living his best life too. I see you all over the gram, all over, you know, the internets, crushing Nets games, Knicks games, wherever else, Disneyland, Star Wars. That's a, I mean, that's a superpower right there. Just traveling so much and having so much fun. That's good for you. Uh, Peter, what's your superpower? Mine is the combination between the Hill and uh, Erica, actually. It's it's raising money, and I've had like 7,000 no's in front of it, uh, and also the biz dev strategy, connecting people for leverage. So, you know, getting our companies in front of the right partner to scale the business uh, and getting right getting them in front of the right investor to raise the capital. Raising capital is an important part of venture, so that, that is a, a, a you go, You're dead. You gotta have the money. Brandon. Brandon, you got to give me another superpower because you just said it's your team and your partner. You got another one? I mean, Excel, connecting. If I'm going to be honest, I, I think the biggest superpower is Janine and I. Like, you put us together, it's like Wonder Twins Unite, if anybody still gets that reference. It's like Voltron. Voltron. I'll take that, too. Wu-Tang. Okay. <laughs> Wu-Tang forever. That's right. You got a point for that. Didn't make the finals, though, for that. That's, a, that's a upsetting. You didn't make it. Uh, Peter... I apologize, you did not make the finals either. Uh, we have uh, newcomer Erica in the finals with Nahal, who is on uh, he's on a streak. He's on a streak. He's in the finals. Listen, if, I, if I'm in another finals uh, without a win, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Uh, it's, it's been a really long, hard road here at Primetime VC, and I, I think this, this, might be the, this might be the end. The Money Round, brought to you by First Republic Bank. Commonly known that venture capitalists love technical co-founders. Buy or sell, investing in a team without a technical co-founder. Erica, please kick off the finals. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Our firm invests in consumer tech, but also software and marketplaces. If it's a B2B software marketplace company, uh, we say buy for a technical co-founder. If it's just a consumer tech company that's really focused on marketing, customer acquisition, and a great product, no no technical co-founder needed. Okay, well thought out process there. Nahal, technical co-founder. Yeah, we're we're all engineers. I think uh, we really we really lean on having a technical co-founder. And for us, for the actual founding team to be able to buy 
uh, to actually build, ship and sell, sorry, build, ship and sell the product between the founders is like extremely important. And if they can do that, then they can hire people much better than them, you know, to do that a lot better. But they're self-sufficient as a team and full stack as a team if they can actually, you know, build, ship and sell. And so that building part is important. We require a tech co-founder. Palantir's Alex Karp received special stock awards worth $1.1 billion last year. DoorDash's Tony Zhu received $400 million worth, both among the biggest CEO pay packages since 2007. How do you navigate founder salaries with your portfolio companies? And is this a topic you discussed prior to investing? I'm gonna bring it over to Nahal. Yeah, actually it's interesting. I think over the past kind of 11 years of, of ENIAC, we've seen a variety of these comp packages, you know, typically like anything north of like 150 cash for a CEO post-seed is, is egregious. Like we want to make sure they're really uh, have a skin in the game in equity. That's how they're going to make their money. In terms of Alex and Tony at Palantir and DoorDash, stock is fine. Like let them be aligned with the shareholders, right? But cash, especially at seed and early stages is very scarce. Um, and so keep that salary just to pay your bills. Uh, your upside is in your stock. Right, keep grinding. Okay, Erica, do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, we like to invest in people that are hungry. So not only do our founders usually are already giving themselves limited salaries. I mean, I feel like every single founder in our portfolio, they cut their salaries to practically nothing to survive the pandemic and make sure that their teams could eat. So we love founders who, you know, are volunteering to take a reduced salary and obviously getting compensated with equity. And a lot of them have actually put cash into the businesses. So we think all of those indicators make it a buy for us. Okay. Do you have a number associated with that? Nahal threw out 150. Uh, is 150 your, your go-to number as well? You know, I think it depends on where you live, um, but definitely you can probably survive on anywhere from 120 to 180, depending on your personal situation. Blackstone, Goldman Sachs, Carlyle Group, and Yale's Endowment Fund are some of the most well-known limited partners investing in venture capital funds. Who is a dream LP you'd like to get involved with your fund? And why? Erica, who's your dream LP? Oh man. <laughs> well, we have some amazing LPs and I would say that all of our existing LPs are our dream LPs. Uh, one that, you know, we're in conversation with right now that, you know, is up there on the list that actually Nihal introduced me to is the Duke University Asset Management Company. My daughter is actually a student at Duke. We've had great conversations with them there. They're so forward thinking about venture, and we really hope that they'll join the Rain Ventures LP family. Okay, Blue Devils, huh? Nihal, uh, I, I almost want to give you a point for making that introduction maybe i will uh Nahal, what is your dream lp who, who don't you have that you want on your team and why you know, uh we just launched our fifth fund earlier this year and you know in the beginning we didn't have the luxury of picking and choosing lps um along the way you meet incredible mps lps mission driven lps lps that are changing the world dumac is one you know uh where you know their endowment funds scholarships funds their hospital system we met an LP, Christy Richardson at Hewlett Foundation in the last cycle. She's unfortunately no longer at Hewlett, but they have the largest number of grant writers for climate change in the world of any foundation. Who else would you want to make money for than a foundation like that, right? 
And so now all of our LPs, we want uh, to make money for folks to help change the world, you know, and make the world better. And so uh, those are our dream LPs. You know, Christy, if you're listening, we love you. I just want to pipe in there. I love that you said that we just got a very large commitment from a family foundation today. And when I was hearing that I was going to have the opportunity to help them make more money to do more of the good that they're doing, uh, it made me feel so good. So totally agree with you. I love you brought that up. It's much better. You know, you don't have the luxury in the, in the early days, right? Their family offices, high net worths. Now it's like, if you can choose, would you rather make a family office more money for their family? Or would you rather make a foundation more money to, you know, fund uh, pre-K education in West Philly, like the William Penn Foundation, that's an LP. Like it's so, it's so different and epic. And by the way, motivational as well. It almost like helps you uh, subconsciously work, uh, work, work harder, you know, to make, to make money to help, to help these causes. Beautifully put. Uh, and our winner today, I'm very happy to say, breaking his losing streak, Nahal, you are the winner. Yeah. Good job. Wow. Wow. We got to get him a hat. Yeah, I'm so excited he left the room. <laughs> oh. Wow. Big W. The final word. Thanks, guys. Listen. I want to thank, you know, I want to thank my mom, my wife. It's been a long road. Uh, it's really been a long road uh, being at the finals many times and finally winning. It's I'm getting emotional. Um, and the Oscar goes to. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So you see the Girls of Code hat. Um, my wife started this organization about 10 years ago. Uh, she's now focused on uh, fighting for mothers, uh, mothers in particular over the past year. Uh, I've had a really hard time during COVID. Um, a lot of them had to leave the workforce to help the household. And um, there was a huge opportunity cost amongst a lot of other things. And so anyway, Reshma, my wife, started a, her new movement. It's called the Marshall Plan for Moms to try to really fight for mother's equity. And uh, I actually am hosting a talk with, and she's right here. You want to say hi? Uh, I am hosting a, a, a talk with uh, Fred and Joanne Wilson about the Marshall Plan for Moms. That's going to be open to the public and free in uh, two weeks on uh, June 23rd. So uh, over Zoom. So just reach out to me at Nahal Metha on Twitter. We'd love to have you involved just to learn more about the movement uh, and how we can help. Like Rashma has helped girls for the past decade. Now, um, now she's fighting for moms. So really proud. And next time, I'm, I'm fighting for I'm fighting for a Marshall Plan for Moms hat uh, 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 personally. But yeah, that's uh, that's the plug. Hey, thanks for watching. You want to be a part of this team. You want to be a part of Venture Capital. You got a deck to share. Reach out to us. We'll pass it along. We appreciate you. Check out the podcast. Check out the YouTubes. Check out the internets, the Twitters. Check it all out. Thanks. See you soon.